hello, and welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated, and we explore together how to live the Christian life in excellence. Thanks for listening today. I'm Pastor Eric, and I'm very, very excited to kick off season three of our podcast with this series on Christian manhood. So we're going to be doing this short series, four weeks on Christian manhood, and then we're going to head into the Lent season with the Lent series. And with me today, I have a special guest, a good friend of mine. We've known each other for almost a decade is what I think yep. we decided. I have my friend Dan Jeffrey. So Dan, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Eric, I'm so excited to get to connect with you, man. Is This this is going to be fun. Uh, I've been looking forward to it. I'll let him introduce himself a little bit here. So we are meeting over Skype. So if there's any um, technical difficulties there, I do apologize about that. But the wonders of technology allows us to interact uh, with people across the country, but also has its flaws. So uh, please excuse any technical difficulties in that. Well, I have Dan uh, joining us for this series because he's really passionate about being a Christian man, and he's very passionate about men's ministry. And I was thinking about this uh, this week as we were getting prepared for this podcast, Dan, because I was going to introduce you as Dan, the son of Dennis, uh, the grandson <laughs> yeah. of, of David, which yeah. is, of course, David Foster's on your other side. But here's what I realized um, is that is that your father, Dennis Jeffrey, who was a superintendent in the Free Methodist Church, a pastor for a long time, uh, was very impactful in my life, in my formative years in college. As the superintendent of one of our conferences in the Free Methodist Church, which I was uh, going to a Free Methodist college and working toward ordination in the Free Methodist Church at the time, he was really important to me in forming how I understood what a pastor was and what a leader was. Uh, But also your grandfather, David Foster, was the pastor of the church that I grew up in for for I think probably over a decade. Like he's the first pastor that I remember. And uh, oh man, I'm going to get choked up a little bit here. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, man. But he, as I think back, you know, he really shaped how I understood what a pastor was. Um, And what a great man and a great leader. And your grandma, Joy, was just one of the best people that I ever knew. And she uh, loved deeply and loved me deeply. And I remember... The first time we met was at a conference, but then the, we yeah. ran into each other again yeah. at your grandma Joy's funeral. And I didn't even know that you were related at all to her. Like, yeah. I didn't realize that was the case. But anyway, so I think it's appropriate that uh, you and I, it, it feels very full circle that <laughs> yes, you and I are uh, are doing this this podcast on manhood and ministry and some of those things. And yeah. uh, your dad and granddad were really, really important in my life and in, yeah. in, uh, developing me as a man and in ministry. So, well, Dan, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, where are you from? What do you do? Yeah. What's your background in ministry? Tell us about your family. Uh, introduce yourself. Oh, oh, more than happy to, Eric. And, and that's that's my favorite memory of you and me. Uh, my grandma Joy's uh, funeral is uh, obviously real sad, and then see a friendly face walk in the door, um, you know, hundreds of miles from home. But yeah, so uh, my name's Dan Jeffrey. I live in Lakewood, Colorado. At this moment in time, I work in the mortgage industry for a company called Nova Home Loans. I'm a loan coordinator there. I've been in the mortgage industry now about three and a half years. Prior to that, I was a youth pastor at a free Methodist church here in Lakewood. Uh, did that for three years. Um, and it felt called from a young age to be a pastor, you know, as uh, you told everyone just now, Eric, you know, I, I'm several generations of pastors, um, and um, I'm probably the first one that at 30 is not working for a church. Um, but God had other plans and, and, and took me out of that, uh, needed to provide more for my family, and the way God did that is in the mortgage industry, which I'm very thankful for. Um 
but grew up in Lakewood. Um, you know, just just a real kind of classic American kid. You know, mom and dad in the home. Dad's a pastor. Mom stayed at home, you know, played sports all the way through high school and had the opportunity to play some college football at Azusa Pacific in California. Um, got a degree in history from the University of Colorado at Denver with the plan being to be a high school history teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a very passionate guy, but sometimes I, 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 I don't necessarily focus on what I should so I didn't get my teacher certification. So even if I uh, had felt called to be a teacher uh, by the end of it, which I didn't, I couldn't have done it anyway. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, so I really had a worthless degree there. Um, but but felt called into ministry, started in construction, working for a buddy of mine who's kind of my big brother in the faith. Um, and, mm. and it was in college where I really got saved, um, you know, as a young man. Uh, grew up knowing Jesus uh, with my mind, but not really with my heart, and and went through real dark seasons. I've had a couple of really dark seasons in my life, and you know, in college, uh, doing what I thought young men were supposed to do, you know, is is chasing girls and 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 drinking and doing everything that um, you know you'd see on yeah. TV or in the movies. Yeah. Uh, but not that honored Christ, and and it was um, in the midst of that time hitting what what I thought was rock bottom at that point in time, um, where, where I surrendered my life to the Lord, and and this coming Good Friday will be ten years that um, oh, to the day wow. that no that, that Jesus saved my life. As I talked to my buddy Jared and um, told him, I don't think Jesus wants me, um, but I have to have him. Mm. If if, if, if mm. I don't have Jesus, I don't want to live. Um, oh, oh. and, and he told me, he's like, you know what today is? It's good Friday. And, mm. um, he didn't have to explain that to me as yeah. being a past kid. I know when I heard the voice of the Lord very clearly as I was driving from Fort Collins to Denver and mm. Jesus said, uh, Daniel, 2000 years ago, I died for you today. Mm. You live for me. And that started wow. my journey. Oh, wow. The- um, and so have, haven't gone through that season in my life being, being who I am, you know, is, is, you mm-hmm. know me well, Eric, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm full of testosterone yeah. and, and yeah. uh, proud of my, being a man. And, um, and so I, I've been interested in men's ministry and helping to disciple men and help them to be, uh, mm-hmm. how I like to put it is the best husbands, fathers, and men that they can be. Mm-hmm. You know, in leaving the church, and that passion has been renewed in me, um, in leaving the church, going into the mortgage industry, you know, to be perfectly honest, I, I went through another really dark time, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. adjusting to being a dad, bought, bought yeah. my first home, pressures of that, the pressures of, you know, making money for the first time in my life and everything, mm-hmm. and it led into a real downward spiral, wow. and, and there were health issues that did that. And, and coming out of that, you know, 2020 was such a hard year for so many people. Mm-hmm. For me, it was a, mm-hmm. it was the, one of the best years of my life. Wow, and not just no because kidding. my son yeah. was born, yeah. um, because the Lord really set me free and really reestablished my identity in Him. Wow. And, and wow. having gone through, you know, in my late teens, early 20s, you know, darkness that the world has for us. And then, you know, in my late 20s, early 30s going through uh, what I went through, I I just feel very strongly that um, 
men in the church, men outside of the church need um, examples and need yeah. to learn yeah. what true what true masculinity and being a right. Christian man truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think they need it for them. I think our churches mm-hmm. need it. I think yeah. our families need it. I think I think part of the conflict we're seeing in our nation is a lack of good quality Christian men. And mm-hmm. and so that's that's where it gets me so fired up to mm-hmm. be able to sit down mm-hmm. and have conversations with yeah. guys like you, yeah. Eric. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we, we we've talked briefly about it, um, and I want to hear more what you have to say about some of the the big problems that we have mm-hmm. right in yeah. manhood right now, because uh, it it does seem like there's a lot of Christian men, uh-huh. uh, but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of good Christian development happening in our culture. And it's at least not that we can see, right? So maybe it's happening covertly or under the surface, but we can't, I, I, I mean, we can't see it. And I don't see it a lot in our churches. I see some very faithful men working, plowing the field very difficult, uh, very, very hard. Um, but it, it's really difficult to, it, it just seems difficult to get men connected to Jesus. Yeah. The statistics show us that it's like something like 70% of those who attend worship on a regular basis are women. Our churches are full of women and uh, with, you know, over 90% of pastors being male, it seems very strange that we haven't been able to capture yeah. men and, and disciple them. So, you know, what, what are some of the problems with that that you've, that you've seen? So that's, that's a great question. And, and those stats really are, and especially, you know, I even just read an article earlier um, today where it's you know men have a eighty percent higher chance of suicide and, and oh different things goodness. like that that wow. that it's not in the church I think I think there's several things that are leading to this crisis one is just just the massive amount of information we have about everything right now mm. and mm. and I think that there's some uh, what have been really deeply held views that mm-hmm. are being challenged and, and, mm. and challenged for good reasons. doesn't mean yeah. that our conclusion needs to be different, but it means we need to right. have some hard conversations about things. Right. Um, and, and I think with some of that, there's, there's young men. I, I know I go through it, especially I haven't been a pastor's kid and, and mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of good with that. There's a lot of bad with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think there's some hard conversations that, that need to be had that aren't necessarily being had. And I also think, you know, as society changes, you know, the message of the gospel doesn't change. But but in so many ways, the way that we, we present it, the way we go about discipling, you know, uh, our generation and, and the generation, I believe, would be Gen Z at this point mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. after us. They they have different expectations. They have different interests. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in a lot of ways, the church has. Um, at times been slow to adapt to that, Yeah. to we're doing this thing because this worked back in the nineties, mm-hmm. you know, it worked mm-hmm. in the early two thousands. Well, we're, we're in 2020 now right. and some of those principles haven't changed. Um, yeah. I also, I also think, you know, in, in the church, I don't think we have a real clear definition of what a what a Christ-like mm. man is, mm-hmm. is, is I think mm-hmm. um, everyone has an idea in their head and it's just kind of assumed that everyone knows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I think, especially with the amount of information we have available to us through the internet, through social mm-hmm. media, that we mm-hmm. really have to hone these things down. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and so hopefully in conversations like we're having today yeah. and in the future yeah. that, that, that we'll be able to kind of narrow some of that down so that we can help the guys in particularly and, and the women that are listening and supporting mm-hmm. the men in their life, um, yeah. truly, truly grow in, you know, God given, uh, masculinity and, mm-hmm. and be men like God created men to be. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So let's jump into it then. Let's start talking a little bit about manhood. I do want to caveat this conversation in this series uh, with a couple of things. I, it's easy for – well, well here's, here's my intuition that uh, what the world doesn't need is another podcast with – Two or three white men talking about their problems, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. I, so, so I just want to—I just want to say from the top that I understand um, that, and that, and you understand too that this, you know, obviously we're we're dealing with something very specific here and uh, kind of narrowly focused. Um, but what I what I want to avoid, and and you know, we're in agreement on this, Dan, that you know what we're not talking about here is uh, as we get into the definition of manhood, you'll you'll hear more about this, but. Uh, the, the vision of manhood is not simply the strong, testosterone-filled, yeah. manly men, which we're going to get to here in a little bit. So I just want to say that at the top, that uh, you know we're not about uh, that. And I think that we would probably both identify those expectations on all men in all time to be toxic to culture and, and actually to- toxic to masculinity and, and as a whole. So I want to just say that at top, that like we're not dealing – although, uh, you know – Dan, I think when I first met you, you were like, you were like being a, a bodybuilder or something, weren't you? Yeah. You were doing like some amateur bodybuilding. So you're yeah. a big, you know, you're a big man's man, a uh, big yeah. strong man's man. I, you know, and I'm, I'm big too. Enjoy lifting weights. Uh-huh. I'm full of tattoos. So like, you know, you're, you're tattooed as well. So yeah. I think we both embody some of that uh, more testosterone filled man's man aggressive uh, energy anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to say that at top that if we're like that, that's not necessarily because that we're going to be expecting all men. So we're not going there. Um, so if you want to check out of this conversation, please don't, you know, we're, we're not going to go there. We're really going to try to dive in deeply into what scripture really tells us about manhood um, and how we can cultivate that in, in men of all different shapes and sizes and energy levels and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100% agreement. And in the perfect example, um, uh, someone that we both know and really admire is, is my grandpa David. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. is, is he was a slender man. He, mm-hmm. he was into a lot of things that we would call classic, you know, this kind of macho man stuff in a lot of different ways. But but he also had a beautiful singing voice. You know, he played the piano. Is is I remember every every time we were there for dinner after dinner, he would go play the piano and sing wow. hymns. And mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm 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 in, in so many ways outwardly a very macho man and, yeah. and give off a persona. But especially as people get to you know get to know me, that's I'm I'm very tender hearted and I'm mm-hmm. I'm a crier. I cried earlier today. <laughs> I, yeah. I work in an office full of women. My boss is a woman, and and that's a true blessing to my life. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just one hundred percent on the same page with Fia, yeah. and um, that that's not necessarily what manhood is. And like you right. said, a lot of that feeds into toxic masculinity um, right. and how men act and how uh, we perceive ourselves and what we should be. And yeah, it does a lot right. more harm than good, oftentimes. Yeah, 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 I I agree. And I think this is a good good spot to then to start talking about the traditional American man, yeah. which is going to be this kind of macho, 
hypermasculine, uh, testosterone-filled mm-hmm. kind of man. Uh, what what other things define kind of the the traditional American yeah. man? Well, well, and I'm glad we had some dialogue about this a little earlier because. Um, uh, what, what you said, and I talked to my dad about it, and, and you mm. too said some very uh, similar things. That um, initially, for me, when I think about it, it's the post World War II man. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. where where we get you know the examples I like to use are John Wayne and Clint yeah. Eastwood and these men's men. You know, these hard living mm-hmm. men that do what need to get done. You know, the the quote I always think of from The Office is mm-hmm. Dwight Schrute saying, you know. Um, do whatever it takes to win. Don't respect women. These are the tenants I was brought up with, and they've served me well. Kind of that attitude. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, but but looking, you know, even further back than that, you know, you you had a great example when we talked earlier about uh, Charlie Chaplin, you yeah. know, and how how he didn't personify. He was huge, like John Wayne was, mm-hmm. um, in the public eye, but but he didn't personify that man's man. And, and thinking through. Uh, even to our national heroes, you know, George Washington, Thomas mm-hmm. Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you ask most um, Americans, what is American manhood? I, I think there are some very noble traits such yeah. as integrity. You know, George Washington didn't tell a lie, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, doing the right thing. But I also think uh, there's a lot of it that's about power. You yeah. know, power, whether that comes from money or influence, where, mm-hmm. where men are supposed to be powerful and strive to obtain power. And, and, mm-hmm. and having that mindset allows for a lot of abuse to take place, yeah. um, mm-hmm. allows for a lot of uh, inequity between uh, men, and, and really very destructive and, and abusive situations between men and women yeah. um which very clearly are not god's intended plan when right. he created us yeah. And created mm-hmm. Us. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that that's an important um distinction that that you know you talked about the world war ii kind of being this mm-hmm. dividing line and as we were talking about it earlier you know what what strikes me is that there's this there's definitely a difference mm-hmm. right especially you know you know you brought up cinema was after World War II, that's when we started getting a lot of these very, you know, the kind of the white savior kind yeah. of imagery of the cowboy coming into town, yeah. saving everybody, uh-huh. betting the woman, and then moving on. You know, yeah. it was this, and that's what masculinity was. Um, and I'm, I, I love John Wayne. You know, I oh, love yeah. westerns, and uh, and but that's that's what we think about with men is that you know they're they're quiet, they're strong, they're um, smart. They uh, don't, you know, they're their own bosses. They don't listen to anybody. They just do what they do, and uh, and they save they save everybody. You know, they they defeat the bad guy and they save the town. Um, but obviously, before World War II, that wasn't the case in cinema. That wasn't the same imagery. Um, and as I was thinking about that, what struck me was, you know, that that divide being after World War II, I think it started to, it started to become easier to get the essentials in life. Right before World War II, every man, no matter how smart or dumb or big or small, you know, no matter what they did in their career, pretty much every man had to be somebody who could strive. And I, I get everybody had to, right? You had to be able to strive and work and it just in order to survive, you know, in order to get food on the table, you had to do these things. Um, 
And oftentimes, you know, women were in that same situation before World War II, just just needing to do whatever it took. And after World War II, I think with this, you know, the explosion of the suburbs and uh, this the, the job market changing considerably and the rise of like supermarkets and that kind of stuff it, it, and refrigeration and all those things, it, it became easier to get what we needed. And so it's almost like uh, – so it's almost like men then had to like attach mm-hmm. what they wanted and who they wanted to be to some sort of like fantasy. Mm-hmm. And and that fantasy starts with John Wayne. And and I think the unfortunate end of that fantasy is what we're seeing now is just this like the the explosion of pornography, yeah. especially in the internet era, is like men have to they don't like almost like men have to escape. To feel like men, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I—that's what struck me when we had that conversation was that after World War II, it just became easier to survive. Yes, didn't have to do some of the. Uh, you didn't have to be as driven, or sh- you didn't have to struggle as much. Mm-hmm. So you just, and and then what happened, of course, during that time is being that kind of like take it for yourself, male, the the powerful male, you know. Uh, that was associated with positivity. Those were good traits yeah. to have. And if you didn't have those traits, that was a bad thing, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, is, I think, what what ended, you know, when we talk about toxic masculinity, I think that's kind of where we end up. Yeah, yep, yeah, 100% agree with you on that. And, and in a time period where there should have been a lot of kind of female empowerment, you know, is mm-hmm. the boys went off to war and the women yeah. held down the fort while yeah. they were gone coming back and then you have the explosion of the baby boomers that you know um, feed into not necessarily bad but traditional stereotypes where you know you have the beaver cleaver family Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and mr cleaver goes to work he comes home kisses Mm -hmm. the little lady kisses the boys goes sits down she brings him a beer brings him some dinner And, and and they have the perfect life and they're so happy that that's right. what you know everyone's mm-hmm. aspiring to be mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and and I don't say any of this with judgment towards that generation because because you know there's a reason they call them the greatest generation for mm-hmm. a reason Great mm-hmm. Depression mm-hmm. World War two you know mm-hmm. um, but it it, it just kind of stuck things in, in a place and because of what they came through, the hard things they experienced, the prosperity they then experienced mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. from that, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's if A plus B equals C, well, let's just keep doing A plus B equals C. That doesn't take into account change in times, change, yeah. in, culture, change in the church. Right, um, right. And, and so even coming back to the first part of, you know, Christian manhood within the church now, uh, we're, we're all just kind of slow coming to it. Mm-hmm. And and with prosperity, you know, like you said, there was less of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so especially I think there's some level where men are wired for struggle mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. uh, uh, due, due to the way God made us, due to the fall. Um, mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we, we want to work, we want to toil, we want to, you know, fight yeah, on yeah. some level, not necessarily physically. Right, um, right, right. But, mm-hmm. but with having great prosperity that came, you know, in the decades after World War II, even, even through some of the hiccups in the seventies and eighties, um, mm-hmm. there's less of that. And so we had yeah. to find other things, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, going to porn you know after world war ii we saw explosion with playboy where, yeah. where that stuff mm-hmm. you know became 
more and more acceptable yeah. within mm -hmm. American society. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, you know, being perfectly honest, I remember I got an iPod touch and one of the yeah. first things, you know, mm -hmm. as, as a 17 year old kid, everyone's yeah. asleep. Yeah. It's like, well, can I yeah. do this? And then mm -hmm. it was like, holy mm -hmm. smokes, Pandora's yeah. box. Yeah. It's so, so easy. It's so accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and as society with the sexual revolution that took place and, and, you know, in the seventies and eighties, you know, it, it complicates things. And, mm -hmm. and with cinema as, as it became more violent and more sexual, those mm -hmm. things became really idols to us. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. is, is there's a reason, and, and I love these movies, um, but, but the James Bond series, yeah, you know, yeah. Is, is Sean Connery's the coolest guy, you know, mm -hmm. gets oh, yeah. the girl at the end of the movie and then there's a new girl, the next movie and, yeah, and that's right. things move mm -hmm. on. And so yeah. I, I think while, while we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, I think it is right. really good to define some of the realities of what's come from that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that has ultimately led us to where we are now. And, and I think it's a really interesting time because there was a sexual revolution in the sixties, um, which liberated a lot of people to kind of dive into their sexual inhibition or inhibitions and that, you know, those types of things. And, uh, and now we're kind of going through something that I think is adjacent to that, but not quite the same. And that's this, you know, the, the me too movement and those types of things where, we're we're beginning to see another kind of equalization between men and women in our culture, mm -hmm. um, and so let's talk a little bit about where we are now with mm -hmm. manhood today. Mm -hmm. And I think that we would probably both agree that we're in a crisis. You know, if there, I, I think that they were probably in a crisis in the mid twentieth century too. <laughs> like I think yeah. that there was some, I think that that's some problematic things. Um, there were some problematic things then. Uh, but we're kind of in this new crisis. So what you know, what do you see in America today when it comes to manhood and what's the expectation yeah. of men? Yeah, well, well, the first expectation I'd want to uh, <clears throat> set is kind of just just because we are human, that that we do have a sin nature. We're always kind of in a crisis. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess because that's true. Yeah, uh -huh. apart from God, you know, and apart from yeah. the redeeming work of Jesus. You know, you know, there is no peace, you know, right. there is no, right. no true identity. Um, and so, so I say that to, to give grace to those yeah. who came before us, to give yeah. grace to us now, now. And, and, you mm -hmm. know, to, mm -hmm. to our sons in the future, to give them yeah. grace. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But I think the big struggle we're seeing here, um, again, I, 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 the more I study, whether it's, it's just Christian manhood or, or just so many different things is that uh, the devil's in the details. Mm -hmm. And I, I think part of where we have this crisis in our nation is we don't have a real good definition. Is we, yeah. know what, we know what we don't want manhood to look like. You mm -hmm. know? And on the right, you may not want to have these soft, weak men. Yeah. And on the left side of the aisle, you don't want these yeah. macho, abusive men. Yeah, right. But, yeah. but there is no clear definition on yeah, either right. side of what 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 we want. Mm -hmm. And and so mm -hmm. so the question I always ask myself is is what do I want my son to be? Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. I and that's something I'm still working through because if I want him to be it, I better be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But I think that's really where the big crisis is, is, you know, the Me Too movement's a great example. It, it exposed yeah. a lot of the toxicity that was below the surface, yeah, uh-huh. um, which seems to be the season our nation's in, is over the yeah, past, that's right. you know, four to ten years, a lot of things that were under the carpet for a long mm-hmm. time come surface. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and so I think really... We, we need to define what, mm-hmm. what we're looking for. And I think that's part of the frustration that younger men have yeah. is, is the older generation has their definition of manhood and their expectation of it for better right. and for worse. And mm-hmm. younger men see that and say, that's not what I want to be. But there's, right. there's no real alternative to it right. uh, that, that, that we would say is, is Christ-like. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that there's it, p- part of that is this our generation, younger millennials and below us, the generation Z, something that marks us is uh, cynicism that mm-hmm. like we just we view the world very cynically. So we don't trust anything. We just don't really believe anything. Uh, you know, we don't we're, we're, we're pessimistic. We have a kind of a pessimistic view of the world. And I think that that's seeped in when, it, when we talk specifically about manhood is just like you said, there's this deconstruction, mm-hmm. which I think is really important, right? Mm-hmm. That we deconstruct yeah. uh, the images and the expectations of, of men in the later part of the 20th century because, you know, that there are some problematic things that yeah. when taken to their fullest extent, you know, we can yeah. see the damage done, especially in the Me Too movement, which did – such an the important work of showing that this was such so prevalent in in almost every workspace in almost every industry yeah. this you know this toxic uh power wielding uh, masculinity is is yeah. present um so we need to deconstruct but i think that you're exactly right that it's just there's no there's no re reconstructing that definition at all yeah. mm-hmm. and i think where that's led us is to this um I, I it's it's not leveling um because I I do believe that that the the genders that the sexes are are equal in God's yeah. eyes I'm an egalitarian in that way yeah. uh-huh. that you know I think that God has gift gifted the spirit and has made humans man and woman together not yeah. you know not one over the other <laughs> yeah. um, and any sort of power dynamic that's changed is because of the fall not because yeah. of how God actually designed it um so but it it there's there's is a distinction right mm-hmm. between men and women, and I think that what's happening now in our generation is that's kind of get that's getting blended, yeah. right, mm-hmm. and and I think that I think that we need to be wary of that uh, mm-hmm. because there are things that are generally and mm-hmm. uh, definitely masculine. There are mm-hmm. things that are generally and definitely feminine, mm-hmm. and I understand there's that each one of us kind of falls in a spectrum yeah. of things that are more masculine or more feminine mm-hmm. and that's okay. And I'm also, I also know that there are complications when it comes to, uh, biological sex, you know, and yeah. there is this gender dysphoria that can happen where, right. So I, I, we need to be sensitive about that. But, but when we're talking generally, there are definitely traits mm-hmm. that mark men and mm-hmm. there are definitely traits that mark women and I think it's okay for us to say these are distinct. Yep. And mm-hmm. and we can we can fall somewhere in between if we need to. Mm-hmm. But these there are things that we have to say. This is what 
manhood is, Mm -hmm. and this is what womanhood is. And we also don't have to do what our forebears have done. And and if a man is more feminine in some areas, that's not a shameful thing. Mm -hmm. That just means that God has gifted them, you know, sensitivity in certain areas. You know, like you, you know, Mm -hmm. you mentioned, you know, you're a crier, right? So, you know, your heart, right? Like, even if that's more of a classically feminine trait, it, we should be okay, right, with a man having even some of those more feminine traits, and that's not a space of judgment. But I don't think we're there, right? So now we're just kind of saying there is no masculine, there is no feminine. We're just blending everything together, and I think that we need to be really wary of of that as well. One hundred percent agree with you. And 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 if if there's no clarity, then then in, in and and especially if there's no boundaries, right? If we don't have boundaries. Then, then that's not freedom. That's anarchy. Right. And yeah. and and the idea that, um, you know, is is there's the sexuality, gender is much more complicated. Right. Than than we would perceive it, but a lot of the complications on that are more so uh, the exceptions rather than the rule. Right. That's and, right. And so, yeah. and so while I think it's very important to consider those things and, and prayerfully approach those things and, and come close to them uh, with, with grace, yeah, um, as, right. especially as, as we're finally having conversations around these things that have been ignored for a long time, right. I, I also think that it's important that we also understand what, what you said, that God created us men and he created us women. That, mm-hmm. that he didn't create men superior to women or women right. superior to men. He, he uniquely gifted us. Yeah. You know, in Genesis when he said, you know, we'll create a helper for him. Mm-hmm. You know, the word helper that's used there um, uh, is, is the same type of helper that God used to describe himself in so many right. ways. That, right. that women were not created to be... Um, Servants, Servants. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but were created to be equal partners in relationship yeah. and, and in work and all of that, and so that's important. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's it's very important that men know that it's okay to be a man, right? And, mm-hmm. and in whatever that context may be, right? Um, right. But I, I think one of the <sighs> kind of repercussions of the Me, Me Too movement, intentional or unintentional, I think, is that masculine traits that aren't toxic are lumped in with being toxic. Yes. Where right. where where if you are kind of a classically what what society would say strong man or assertive or such like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it's taken to the point where no matter the context, no matter how that's being used, it's seen as toxic. Yeah. masculinity like my wife my wife knows if she wants to drive me nuts and Mm -hmm. just 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 to me she just needs to tell me a mansplaining something to her oh and 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 i look at her (laughs) and i say sweetheart i respect you too much to do that if if i thought you were a dumb woman i i wouldn't be talking to you the way i Mm -hmm. am but she knows Mm -hmm. it gets me going on that (laughs) and and there's some of that where again you don't want to throw the baby out with the bath water Right, um, right. You know, is there there are negative things that happen with a lot of these toxic masculine traits, right. but but there's also a lot of good that come from yeah. it. You know, is assertiveness is good for men and for women. Right. You know, yeah. um, 
you know, leadership and different things like that. And I think we're in a point where people, especially with um, a very politically correct society, which some of that we needed. Mm-hmm. We were very yeah. politically incorrect to the point of being hateful and cruel. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, but like so many things in life, when the pendulum swings from one extreme to another, it overcorrects. And I right. think that's a lot of what we're seeing is an overcorrection mm-hmm. where – you know, uh, I'm very blessed in working in a, a workplace that is predominant women where my boss is a woman. Mm-hmm. And I, I, she asked me if that was going to be a problem. I said, you know, I grew up with sisters, you know, mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. my son wasn't born. So I'm in a house full of women. I'm used to being yeah. bossed around by women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But with some of that, <laughs> uh, you know, and, yeah. and I think this is where a lot of conflict, even outside of the question of Christian manhood, is uh, within our society. Is how do we go about empowering those who have been disenfranchised, that have been mm-hmm. held down, mm-hmm. without without really rejecting and demonizing, right. you know, the group that's had the power in that. Yeah. You know, in a patriarchal yeah. society, how do we make that more equitable between men right. and women yeah. without you know, elevating women to a place they shouldn't be at, a place that only God should be at, um, and and not making men and masculinity this terrible, awful thing that must be get must we must get rid of. Right. And and I think that's where we're trying to find it. And and the part that's discouraging, if I'm being honest, is I don't think there's a lot of those conversations. There are not nearly enough of those conversations take place. Which just leads to more confusion, leads, yeah. leads to more frustration, and right. finally, just kind of to make this point, coming back to struggle. I think mm-hmm. part part of the crisis is young men nowadays. We don't have the struggle that yeah, right. you know mm-hmm. our parents went through, our grandparents, our great grandparents, yeah. and yeah. they're looking for that or they're running from that, and because of that. Um, they they can't test their manhood against something. Right. They they can't go through yeah. the rites of passage that prior generations went through to know they've reached that, and so they look for it in different ways. You know whether right. that's you know sexual conquest, whether that's mm-hmm. obtaining money and power, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or 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 if it's just running from it. You yeah. know, running mm-hmm. away from everything like that. Is that something I saw a lot with? Um, uh, the youth group kids I had, you know, with my mm-hmm. young men is, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the group was not like me. I was the dumb jock in high school, yeah. the popular kid. And I, I, I learned a lot about anime in my three oh. years that I never <laughs> thought I'd know because with my small group, when it started with four kids, that's what they were into. Yeah. Those were the oh students that, that got attracted a lot to it and, and they would run yeah. from it. Yeah. And, and because yeah. I'm more of that kind of traditional, um, right. definition of a man um, it, it took me a while to build trust with them yeah, and, and once they understood me and everything they they started to grow and 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 a lot of them didn't have a dad in the home you yeah. know is that's that's part of how how can we follow someone's example if that person isn't there yeah we don't have that example yeah I think that that's um, man that's all so good and you know you you kind of mentioned that these definitions of manhood and womanhood, they give us something to test against, right? Mm-hmm. And that actually helps us define who we are, right? That we can understand ourselves better. If I can, if I can, if I can test some of my own uh, like sensitivities or my own uh, personality or my own uh, intuitions against 
a, a really clear definition of manhood, especially if it's like a very good biblical definition of manhood, that actually allows me to say, hey, I, I, I definitely lean, I definitely lean into some of these things, but other of these things I need to kind of tap into maybe a more like feminine kind of energy because yeah. they're going to be more of that womanhood, um, and and that's okay because we're all yeah. going to have because God has created us. Um, very complex. And so there are just going to be some personality traits that we have that are going to be more classically, you know, man, and there are going to be some that are more classically woman. And it's okay to, to have, it's okay to have, to be a, a little bit of a mix of both of those classical attitudes. Right. And I was just thinking about, you know, my own son, my older one, he's three and a half and he is very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So, and he's very thoughtful, um, and he's he's an empath. He's very he's very aware of how other people are feeling and responding. Like if Sarah and I uh, have a conversation that's maybe a little bit more serious, like he mm-hmm. picks up on it right away and he gets very uncomfortable by it. Um, and he gets and he you know he gets a lot of anxiety. You know if we have mm-hmm. a conversation, you know, and we don't like we don't fight and scream ever. Um, but if even if it's just like you know talking about a serious thing and you know we're you know. It's just any any sort of tension he picks up on. And like, you know, that kind of sensitivity, mm-hmm. that's probably not a kind of a classical male, I don't know, attribute. But he's also he's not a caregiver at all. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, my my younger son, he's one and a half. He loves babies, right? So he like cuddles the babies and he kisses them and he takes mm-hmm. care of them and he sleeps, you know, sleep in his bed. Uh, but my older son is like, he's he's assertive, he's yeah. driven. And so it, it's just important that we that we understand that we can develop yeah. all of those different personality traits, but we need some there. We need definite. I think that you're right. We need definitions. We need clear yeah. definitions. And what we're seeing right now is there's just no definitions. Mm-hmm. So in the, yeah. in, in the worst way, you know, I, I feel like we have a generation of people who are just emasculated, but mm-hmm. they're also, I don't know what the, what the inverse of that uh, for, for feminine is, you know, emasculated and effeminated. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, so there's just no definitions, right? Yeah. So I think that you're, I think that what you saw with your kids is probably what a lot of people are experiencing is that they're just, um, a lot of, a lot of men are almost just running from manhood, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so there has to be, you know, and there's, there's definitely a way to be driven and assertive in a way that's respectful and loving and generous, right. Toward, uh, and especially toward women, um, who I, you know, ought to be, especially coming out of, you know, coming out of the 20th century, like who ought to be protected, right. From these kind of toxic environments. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you that, uh, we can't, we can't just emasculate or effeminate, you know, we can't just cut, cut off these definitions, but we really need to define them really clearly. Oh, no doubt. Well, well, and, and I think, I think some of that too just comes off of our desire to uh, to fit in with outward appearances. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even even when we first met, you know, I I have some very feminine traits. You know, I'm, I'm very tender hearted uh, from a young age, and um, but but in some of that I overcompensated for. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. of that, you know, in high school it it, it started lifting weights and. You know, and being really aggressive, which yeah. which isn't uh, it can be my nature because I'm very protective, mm. um, yeah. and I'm very confident physically. Um, but but it was it was it was from a place of insecurity. No, and, wow. 
and, and having those good examples, those clear definitions. Cause I even remember my dad at one point telling me in college, he's like, son, you're a sensitive guy. And, and that's a wonderful thing. It's, it's a beautiful part of who you are as a man, but you got to cry less. He's like, you cry too much. <laughs> and you know what? Here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing about it. He was 100% right. Really? 100% wow. right. Is I would cry all the time about anything. Really? And especially now, being a husband, being mm-hmm. a father, mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. times where I, I need to keep my emotions in check. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you, know, you know, we had to put our dog down last year unexpectedly. Oh, my wow. wife's eight months pregnant. Mm-hmm. This dog that was mainly the bane of my existence had to go <laughs> and then get get a big tumor in his chest, you know, yeah. a month oh, my before goodness. my son's yeah. born. But I needed to keep it together, especially yeah. for my daughter. Around my wife, I was, you know, I, I, I felt a need yeah. um, while she was going through her grief yeah. uh, to, to help her get through that. And then I had space with her that was safe for me, um, really just to break down. Because um, mm-hmm. while he, I, I joke he was the bane of my existence, I, I really loved him. Mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. for my daughter, she, yeah. if she sees daddy losing it, right. well, well, what's going to keep her from doing that? So I think having a wise mm. mentor, a wise guide that can help a yeah. young man uh, to say, you know, hey, to have the hard conversation that Dan, you're very sensitive. I affirm that. That's who God made mm. you to be. Mm-hmm. But, mm. but son, you got to be stronger. And mm. and we mask those things. You yeah. know, wow. God, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and a lot of women can testify to this. We got a lot of... Uh, uh, boys masquerading as grown men running around the yeah, world right, right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, some of the masculine traits that I had to grow in was assertiveness. Mm-hmm. As, as you would think, mm-hmm. I was really assertive. But especially being in the mortgage industry, I had to grow in that trait. Yeah, that's something yeah. that I – and I felt insecure about it. Because mm-hmm. I'd see mm-hmm. men being real assertive and that's that's who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And and those are things that we have to learn is, you know, and having clear definitions, you know, what are we looking for? What, what does godly assertiveness mean? Right. What's, what's being in touch with your emotions and being tender hearted, mm-hmm. you know, and, and one's not better than the other. Right. And, That's right. And, you know, as we see with Jacob and Esau, you know, mm-hmm. two very mm-hmm. different men, Yeah. you know, yeah. you got, Jacob, who's in the tent, who likes to cook. Mm-hmm. You got Esau, mm-hmm. who's out in the field, who's the big, strong yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, is one more of a man than the other? No. No, right. And, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. thankfully, we're not all Jacobs. Thankfully, we're not all Esau's yeah. because, yeah. you know, the world needs both. And so we, we need to be comfortable in the identity that Christ has for us as men. Mm-hmm. And, and we really need to help each other, which, which mm-hmm. isn't something that... I think naturally, whether it's society or uh, just the way men are wired by God, isn't something that we're necessarily yeah. mm-hmm. good at or comfortable with naturally. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And, and also, you know, just to know uh, not only Jacob and Esau, but David as well, right? Yeah. Who uh-huh. I, I think, and I think a lot of men's ministries kind of use David as this archetype, archetypal man. And, you know, he was the. You know, he was the the sunburnt little twerp out in the uh-huh. field, right? When he yeah. was when he was anointed as king, uh, and so you know this. I, I think that you're exactly right that there we have to have space to have yeah. this diverse expression of manhood, 
Um, and we have to be able to, as, as men have those conversations with each other, uh, especially as men, I should say, have those conversations with each other, like challenge to be like, Hey, you know, and, and you know, sometimes it's the inverse is true, right? Where someone's mm-hmm. just too aggressive and it's like, Hey, like, look, you're like, you're being too aggressive. You need to, you need to be more sensitive to what other people are thinking 100%. or other people are experiencing. Right. So we need to be able to have that conversation where we can correct you know, correct each other um, and and encourage each other into some of those classical, you know, classically masculine attitudes and and attributes, and maybe some of those classically, you know, feminine attributes. Because uh, God is spirit, right? God doesn't have a body, so God, yeah. so God is not a man. Um, and and there is both uh, femininity and masculinity yeah. within God, and He has created us. Uh, with these distinctions, um, but again, we we are free just because we are made in the image of God. That we have we have a little bit of both, and we're not, you know. I I doubt there I doubt that there are really anybody any, that there's really anybody who is like all 100% masculine or all 100% yeah. feminine, right? Uh-huh. We're always this kind of mix, even if these things are kind of classical. Um, or, or clearly distinctive for each of us. Yeah. So let's let's lean into that a little bit then. Uh, with this Christian um, Christian manhood, let's talk about how how maybe we ought to define uh, masculinity or manhood from a Christian yeah. perspective. Um, so let's just start with like what are what are like yeah. one or two attributes that you think are really important uh, to to be a man. One hundred percent. Well, when I think that's the core of it is, you know, it's not an outward appearance of what what a man looks like. It's the character of who he is Um, and that however that manifests itself in a physical sense um, is secondary in importance to who they are as an individual on the inside in their relationship with Christ. Um, True humility, I think, is so important. And Mm -hmm. I think we we either. Use it. We can use it to hide our insecurities, you know. Yeah. As I've done that, where where I know I'm good at something, you know, and and I I pretend to be humble about it, mm-hmm. uh, and that's hiding arrogance, which was going to be my second point to it. Yeah. Or, or we use humility to hide insecurity, where mm-hmm. there's something you're not good at, and you luck into it, and uh, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but I think humility, having you know, um, a real view of ourselves, of who we mm-hmm. are. Um, in particular, in our relationship with God and humility based out of the fact that we are a sinner in need of a savior. Yeah. But also, that's one half of the coin. The other half of the coin is we are a son of the mm-hmm. God most high. Mm-hmm. We're a sinner that needs a savior. And mm-hmm. once we enter into that relationship, we are his dearly loved child right. that, that right. he has this relationship with mm-hmm. us. And, mm-hmm. and God sets us free from chains yeah. not bind us in them you know right. and and so mm-hmm. having a true humility of having the self-confidence to know who we are mm-hmm. um in relationship to others but also into relationship with god so we don't think too much yeah. or too little ourselves is is, is huge the, yeah. the if, if there's really a second big trait that i think is a manifestation of that um you know integrity through honesty Mm. that mm-hmm. I, I think mm. it's very important and uh, for men and women. Your yes mm-hmm. is yes, your no is no. You know, it's one of the things that I'm really trying to teach uh, my daughter right now mm. is, is, is baby, always tell the truth. Even mm. if it's going to get you in trouble, 
even if it's scary, like like the consequences of not telling the truth are not worth yeah. it. I think that was really good, the, especially the connection with humility and honesty. That uh, you know, because because humility is not is not acting like or thinking that you're bad at things, right? That's not humility. Yeah. Humility isn't. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not being down on yourself. It's not negative self talk. Mm-hmm. You know, humility is is being honest about who you are and being honest about the situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. So for, for Jesus, you know, the humility was not, uh, I don't know. He, he wasn't, he was a servant. The, the humility came in him was that he was a servant because that was what he was yeah. called to do. Right. Yeah. So he was the son, you know, he's the word of God, co-eternal with the father, but he knows that this is his role. Like this is what he yeah. is to do at this yeah. time. Um, so, you know, he, he humiliated himself and became a servant yeah. in that way. So that's the same, the same way for us, that you're yeah. exactly right. That, that somebody who's truly humble mm-hmm. is actually very confident yeah. because mm-hmm. they know exactly who they are. They know whose they are. Yeah. Uh, they know that they belong uh-huh. to God. They know how God has designed them and they can operate honestly in the world yeah. because of that. Um, so I think that you're exactly right. That that's, that's really, really important. Um, and I think for, of course, you know, a lot of these traits are going to feel like they can fall, uh, for men and women, but that's such a great yeah. starting point, right? Is oh, that yeah. what, what a great baseline is like, no, this is what it takes. Um, I think to be a man or a woman, uh, yeah. but this is like, when we talk about manhood, this is what it takes to be a man is yeah. humility is honesty about who we are and where yeah. we are. And I think that the uh, the next thing, one of the things that I thought about uh, was was drive. And I, I guess I was thinking about, I, I was trying to think through distinctly, you know, what's what's distinctive for men um, when it for men rather than women. And I think that this, you know, we talked about a little bit, but assertiveness. Mm-hmm. There's kind of this like assertiveness or this drive that men naturally have that God has designed within us and. The, I mean, even the the secular community recognizes it. The secular scientific community recognizes yep. it. They call it an evolutionary trait that yep. you know the uh-huh. men were the the bigger, the stronger. So they were the hunters. Yep. So they were they were you know there's this that that nature chose mm-hmm. men who were more assertive and driven. Mm-hmm. But I uh, of course I think that God has designed that into us. I think that yep. that's not a byproduct of our, of our <laughs> environment, but it's actually that God has given given to yep. us. That's the kind of the natural masculine energy is that of assertiveness and drivenness. Yeah. Um, and I also and I think it's I mean not not to get weird, but I, I think that we can see it also clearly in how God has designed us to mm-hmm. um, interact with women, even sexually, right? Yeah. That like mm-hmm. it's it's the, the 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 man is the one who's doing the driving, right? And yep. so I think that there's this kind of mass the, the masculine attribute of God is that of pursuer. Right. Yeah. And he's a seeker mm-hmm. and he, you know, he does this work of always um, he he is the one who saves us, not the yeah. other way around. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's part of that, that that's how men reflect God is through this drive and assertiveness that, of course, is not bullying, um, yeah. but is is tempered with love and tempered with sensitivity. But I think that's one of the things that kind of makes us men that makes mm-hmm. manhood and, and gives us the masculine attribute is that drive well well if you look even at just uh the hormonal differences between mm-hmm. men and women you know is is men 
uh, especially young men, high levels of testosterone. Yeah. High, high levels of testosterone, and there's a lot of negative side effects uh, that come with having low T. And, yeah. and with testosterone, we're, we're even just hardwired to be more assertive, to be mm-hmm. more aggressive. And, you know, I, I think there is a level to it. Uh, you know, I'm a big brother. I've got two younger sisters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I've got a wife. I've got a daughter. Um, I, I, I'm blessed with two wonderful sister-in-laws and niece. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a big part of my identity in Christ that I am a protector, mm-hmm. you know. Um, no matter where my wife and I live, no matter how that changes where our bed is, we yeah. flip sides uh, two or three times now because I it, it's my rule that I'm going to be the one closest to the door. The door. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Because if someone comes into my house, um, yeah. I'm going to be the one to meet them. It, yeah. it, it, right. And I, I would think less of myself if that was the case, to right. be honest. Yeah. And I don't feel guilty for that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would think less of a man who who isn't going to be assertive and aggressive in a right. situation where they need to protect their wives. Right. Your wife yeah. shouldn't be the one defending you in this case. You mm-hmm. need to. And and having, I, I think with drive, I think I think you're onto something with it, Eric. But but I think mm-hmm. again, definitions are so important. Yeah, what are we right. driving mm-hmm. for? Right, right. Because um, I having testosterone having you know social and personal expectations for ourselves mm-hmm. at men to do this if if that's pointed in the right direction that's a beautiful and wonderful right. thing you yeah. know men that that are driven to lead their families well to raise their kids well to love yeah. their wives well to do well at work to, mm-hmm. to serve mm-hmm. in their community it's a beautiful thing we're on the flip side of it if yeah. it's pointed in the wrong direction, that's where we get into toxic masculinity, right. where, yeah, where it's, absolutely. Praying, where it's mm-hmm. preying on people, whether other men or other women, where it's being mm-hmm. deceptive, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. being arrogant, right. um, where it's relying on one's abilities, one's strength rather than on the strength of God, that that we need to be pointing young men that, hey, mm-hmm. having drives mm-hmm. good, and this is the direction you need to focus it in. Right. And if we do that, we're going to see a... a real big sharp increase in the quality men in our churches in our communities and in our nation yeah no i and i totally agree that it's really important because of course you know in the again in in that mid-20th century the the thing that drove men was the career right so it was the career and it was the lifestyle and it was making the money and that like that's where men found their purpose um and of course that that doesn't fulfill us right yeah. so that uh-huh. that was that's an empty that you know those mm-hmm. things have empty promises yeah. that that's not actually going to uh create the the kind of fulfillment and purpose in us that we're designed for so we're always going to look for it for some you know somewhere else so you know i think of the uh like the madman don draper right where it's mm-hmm. like he's exactly. ultra successful but he still has these you know he's still you know raping women right he's still uh-huh. utilizing his power and like conquering women yeah. um who work for him because he's always driving and searching and asserting and mm-hmm. being aggressive right yeah. i think that that's i think that's why there's the prevalence of pornography with men yeah. mm-hmm. is that it's attaching this kind of drivenness this assertion yeah. it's it's attaching this assertion to this kind of yeah. fantasy right this this a fake world that were that that men create in their mm-hmm. minds, um, and trying to find that drive and fulfillment in somewhere else. 
them. And so yeah. I think that it's the same, you know, I, and, and we see it in a lot of different ways, right? Like people, you know, men being really over and beyond uh, involved in sports or, uh, yeah. you know, involved in even being fan, being a fan of sports, right? There's this mm-hmm. kind of like assertiveness that happens um, and now that we have social media, you know, we have like keyboard warriors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're driving, right? And they're asserting and it's just totally displaced. Um, and it's not, you know, toward the purposes, the ends, you know, that you mentioned of like, how can I be, I think of uh, the military, you know, the military language where they talk a lot about being an asset, you know, yep. being an asset to the the people around you, to the other soldiers around you, being an asset to your company, being an asset to your country. Um, and I think that that's, that's a more appropriate way for us to think about it, you know, and in the Christian context, you know, you, we would say, how can you love your neighbor, right? That ultimately that drive should be, how can I best love my closest neighbor, my wife, mm-hmm. you know, and my next closest neighbors, my kids, how can I love my coworkers and my community? Like, how can I be an asset to these people? And that's what should drive us is to provide the best opportunities for, the people around us to be healthy and whole in mm-hmm. Christ. Uh, but I think you're exactly right. The perp- oh, the, the yeah. end, the end is really important. Oh yeah. Well, well, in, in none of what I'm saying means that men shouldn't strive to make money. That, oh, right. that, 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 that's something, you know, um, you know, my goals, I've got professional business goals where I want to make more money than I made last year. And I made more right. money last year than I ever did before. Mm-hmm. And why, you know, but but my motivations behind it, the vast majority of the time are pure. Is I want to take right, care yeah. of my family. I, I want to, you know, be a good steward of that, though, in, in setting my family up in the future, but mm-hmm. also being incredibly generous. And that's right. that's the part right. where making more money has been such a blessing to me in my life. Is we're able to be generous in a way yeah. that we couldn't be at the beginning of right. our marriage, mm-hmm. and 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 that's a wonderful thing. And I think I think with pornography and, and not not to get fixated on sexual things, though I do think that's a really important part yeah, of, of setting the boundaries the conversation. and mm. defining Christian manhood. And it, it's a conversation that the church isn't necessarily comfortable. Right. I think we're better around certain things, and and we're better mm. about saying what's wrong, but we're not good about saying what's right. Right. Um, and, and I think the extremes that we see in that, you know, is big time porn addiction, um, which, which leads to unhealthy sexual behavior, whether right. that's partners, whether that's sexual abuse, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. because anyone who's seen porn and has had, you know, um, actual sex with a partner knows mm-hmm. they're not the same thing. Not the same thing, right. No, yeah. no, no, they're not. Um, but one of the things that I think we see out of that too is not just sexual abuse and and risque sex, but we also see like there's an emergence uh, emerging group of in particular young men that call themselves um, involuntary celibates. Okay. And they're incredibly oh yes, because mm-hmm. women will not have sex with them, and they mm-hmm. feel like it's essentially. Uh, their God-given right, and that these women mm. should be bowing down to it. And wow. so we see these extremes that they play out in different ways, but but it's neither is is healthy right. views right. of masculinity and femininity, and not a healthy view of what sex is. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and so I I think having that drive, you know, even you know, we call it a sex drive, right. um, mm-hmm. of defining 
those things are so that so that we can be healthy and and the escapism you referenced that earlier when talking about pornography mm-hmm. i think i think the drive leads to that yeah i think you're right because mm-hmm. if, if we're so driven it's so easy to be overwhelmed with stress right. and anxiety frustration that whether it's porn whether mm-hmm. it's substance abuse whether mm-hmm. it's being emotionally unavailable, right, um, right? You know, super fandom, and I'm 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 yeah. a huge sports fan. Mm-hmm. My Lakers won mm-hmm. the title. My Dodgers yeah. won the title. I told you, 2020 <laughs> was a good year for me, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where, where I I have to be careful about that. Where where that mm-hmm. can be an escape for me from reality, right. or where I become overly emotionally invested yeah. in that, right? Um, and and it fills some some sick need that I have in my life. Yeah. Um, but, but in all of that, um, we have to define what masculinity is, right. what, what walking, you know, you said David is oftentimes kind of the archetype for mm-hmm. who we're looking for when that's never what he was meant to be. He was a right. man after God's heart. That means there's a lot right. we can learn from him, but really yeah. there's one man that walked this earth that we're striving to be like, right. and, and, and it's Jesus. Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that part of this, you know, the flip side to this drive that uh, that I kept thinking about as we were preparing for this this series was this idea of struggle. Mm-hmm. That part of this drive is the necessity in and and again, I think this this is probably true in everyone's life, but I think that it's more built into uh the biology of women. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that we are like we are designed to struggle against something yep. and to overcome something. And so I think that's part of this drive. And it's and you know it's interesting because you know women have this they have this natural occurrence that happens when they turn twelve or thirteen, fourteen years old, yeah. and they start having their cycle every month. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so women actually just have this natural understanding, which is probably why women are so much more mature than men are. <laughs> they have this natural understanding of, of suffering and struggle, right? Because they have to suffer every month. And, and it's, it's that suffering that actually there make that, that makes them able to produce life. So women have this kind of natural, I think, I think that there's this kind of natural inborn understanding of, what it means to struggle against something and that hard, you know, difficult things can produce good things in your yeah. life. Um, and I, and I really actually, I know I said it kind of tongue in cheek, but I really do think that's part of the reason why women are more mature than men yeah. um, across, you know, really generally because they, they have this understanding and it's really interesting. I grew up in a community um, outside of Kansas city that had uh, this, this federal Na- native American college. And so there were a lot of Native Americans in, in my community that I grew up in, and I, I went to school with a lot of them. And they have this – and I can't remember what tribe it is. I, I should have looked it up before I, I brought it up, but I now I'm in the middle of it. So, <laughs> uh, but, but there's this one tribe. I, I, had a, I had a classmate who was a part of this tribe, and, and they had this initiation ritual, right? So I remember you know, we were in seventh or eighth grade when it, I think it was probably seventh grade. Um, so you know, he was probably 13 years old, right? So right about the same time that young ladies start getting their cycle, they, they go through this initiation ritual and you go into the sweat lodge for the first time. You know, and you'd say you, know, you do these prayers in the sweat lodge and that kind of stuff. But the really interesting thing is that seeing this sweat lodge, looking back, 
is that there were these steps that led up to the sweat lodge. Every sweat lodge had um, 27 steps mm-hmm. up to them. And there are 27 days in a woman's cycle. Mm-hmm. And so, and so uh, it was like, it was like this culture, this, this Native American tribe had un- understood and they made this connection between you know, the, the initiation of a young lady's cycle and the initiation of a man in, of, of a boy into manhood. So anyway, that was a tangent. But I think that the, the purpose of that is that there's this struggle that men have to engage in. It's really, really important for men to be intentional about engaging in some kind of struggle. And I know in my own life, uh, that's what I avoided. Right through really through my through my puberty years, through my maturing years, even into college, I avoided the struggle. And it wasn't really until after I got out of college um, that I that I began to understand the importance of that. And so in my life, like that struggle um, came through uh, in high school competing athletically and then more and more recently in my life lifting weights. And it's like this act of going to the gym regularly is a way that I can force myself into a struggle and actually push myself to the, to the limits. And I know that not everybody can do that, but I think it's important for men to find struggle in in their life and do, do this work of intentionally struggling against something in order to overcome it. Like we talked about, if you don't have that struggle, like after the the suburbs yep. blew up in the 20th century and, and you didn't have to just, you didn't have to work as hard just to survive, I think that men stopped struggling widely. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that, that changed manhood. And so then we find ways, other ways to struggle. And so that becomes, you know, this competition against women where, you know, we have to overpower, right? So yeah. uh, anyway, I think that struggle is a really important part of being yeah. a man. And I think it's something that's central to who we are. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay, so so you got me off on a tangent here. Um, something I wasn't thinking, but 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 you you hit something there in struggle and and avoiding it and looking for it. One one of the things that I I have noticed in my walk with the Lord, um, especially the first handful of years, or or when I'm in a place of brokenness and everything, oftentimes I'll look for a struggle to be mm. saved one from. Mm, where where okay. where I allow myself to give in to unhealthy sinful behavior at times mm. and 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 feel like I'm in a struggle. I'm trying oh, to wow. overcome this. This this is something very difficult and I don't know if I can get through it. The whole time it's it it's a pity party. Yeah. Is what it is and it's me <laughs> saying, "God, why don't you yeah. save me from this?" and God saying, "Well, well yeah. damn, you're the one continuing in the struggle." And and so we have to look for mm-hmm. the right kind of struggle. What right. yeah, what are the things that are worth really fighting for? And and mm-hmm. you know, kinda mm-hmm. with some of our conversation around conspiracy theories and stuff like that, you mm-hmm. played yourself, you know, yeah. where you, you, you've played yourself into thinking you're in the struggle when the fact of the matter is you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that there's not hard things going on. There's not things right. that we have to work through internally, but but that's not what struggling really is, you right. know. Yeah. And and so having that right struggle and, and going yeah. after that, you know, some of my meathead's going to come out here a little mm-hmm. bit, but I, mm-hmm. I I love uh, Jocko Willick's uh, mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. He's a former Navy SEAL commander, mm-hmm. about the most intense guy you'll ever hear from. Um, yeah, dude, he he operates at eleven all the oh, like he is at level oh. eleven all the time. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's something else. I, I don't know if he's a believer or not. So, so if any of your listeners go listen to some of his stuff and say, Hey, why'd you guys recommend that? Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't yeah. get it. It's okay. But, yeah. but his thing is always take, take it for what it's worth. Right. That's what I yep. would tell people is that yep. if you, if you listen to it, take it for what it, you know, take it for what it's worth. Yeah. 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 And if you listen to metal music and uh-huh. you know, stuff like that, you'll probably love it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but his, his big thing is, yeah, yeah. Stereotypes there. Um, that he always tells his listeners is do hard things. Yeah. Is do yeah. hard things. What are the hard things, you know, uh, whether it's working out and it doesn't have to be physical, you know, um, the struggles for me more recently have been, um, professionally stepping mm. into a new position where, okay, I can do the job, but I got to grow a lot to get to where I need to be to do the job. So, so yeah. taking training courses, taking certification courses, right. learning, being uncomfortable on a, on a regular basis where I'm growing and I know yeah. I'm growing and right. I can see where right. I'm growing. I, I think one last big thing that I'd want to say around struggle is you can't always be in that place though. Right. Right. If you're yeah, always right. struggling, if you're always striving for more, if you don't have seasons of peace, seasons where you know you can decompress, where you can heal, lick your wounds, yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. that that drive can be unhealthy, and that it pushes right. us pushes us to where we neglect ourselves. Right. And um and so so it's it's gotta again that's where having a guide to help you yeah. through it is so helpful yeah. to say hey you need to stop or you need to push. But mm. but find the right mm. struggle. Find something that's really worth struggling for, and get after it. And it's yeah. gonna be yeah. it's gonna be scary. It's gonna mm. push you, but God's gonna grow you through it. And and when you get to the end of the struggle, rest because God's gonna have the next thing for you. And keep going. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that you're right. We are designed to rest, right? We're designed mm. to Sabbath and into work. To yeah. Sabbath into work. Um, and even before the fall. That's how God designed the world. Yep. So how much more after the fall do we need to be really careful to make sure that we're resting in, in God um, and resting in Holy Spirit when we need to be doing that? So I totally agree with you. Uh, again, it's it's really, really important for men to just be intentional yep. about it. So yep. so set, set those goals, set those yep. personal goals, set those professional goals yep. and work to meet those things. Because what you're not, you know, just like Jocko Willing, and, I, and I've only recently started listening yep. Um, to some of his podcasts and some of that, I'm not not an avid listener or a regular listener by any means. But something that I've started doing because of him mm-hmm. is yeah. getting up really early in the morning, and, and that's your first battle. Yeah. But it's so true, right? So if I get up at at four thirty in the morning, and I yeah. win that battle, like that's just one that's yeah. one thing that I've done that I've won today, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's one struggle that I've overcome, and that can yeah. set you up. So. I think I think that you're right. It, something you said made me think about the involuntary celibates uh-huh. that, that they're they're setting up the struggle against women, yeah. which is not what our struggle is against. You know, we need to be setting up clear goals for ourselves to, that we can meet that will help us grow in Christ. Um, yeah. And I also think that we need to be setting up clear goals for us to. Uh, I think that we need to like be ruthlessly honest and struggle within our own spirits about our sin and those types of things. You know, so. Uh, again, this isn't just physical, you know, it's not, you know, our, just like Paul says, like our battle is not with flesh and blood, right. But against, against the spirit and the principalities and powers of the air. So, so for, 
for that struggle piece, I think that men just have to be more intentional. We have to be more intentional about it than women because I think that women more naturally understand it and and men we just have to get after it a little bit more and mm-hmm. and it it could be any so much of that is just interior yeah. just the interior struggle of negative self talk of the lies of the enemies of of uh your own shame and guilt about yeah. things that have gone on you know we have to those are the things that we're struggling against and we have to set ourselves up to to work against those things cuz cuz we are like like there are promises in scripture that the holy spirit helps us it, the holy spirit overcomes those things in our yeah. lives right so paul paul himself even said um in in one of the corinthians that we're more than conquerors yeah. well that means that 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 assumes that we are conquerors and then we're more than conquerors on top of that right mm-hmm. so we need we just need to be working toward this yeah. the, i don't know we need to be we just always need to be struggling and working towards something because yeah. that's how god has designed us yeah. and he doesn't want us to just be stagnant or lazy um, but especially men, we need to be really intentional about that. 100%. Well, well, in referencing Corinthians, you know, one of my favorite verses in, in, in the ESV is 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. Um, and, and depending on which translation you read, it reads a little different, but I like the uh, ESV for me personally uh-huh. in this scenario. Um, be watchful. Stand firm in faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Mm. And, and, I, and I think that's the most important thing because yeah. I, I, I think a man being rooted in love, being rooted yeah. in the love of Christ, um, all those other things, humility will flow through it. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is when we know who we are in Christ, we see mm-hmm. ourselves for who we are in light of who he is. You know, when, when we're in the love of Christ, for the love of the other person, we're going to tell the truth. You know, mm-hmm. when we're in the love of Christ, our hearts are broken for what breaks God, and that yeah. drives yeah. us to the right things. Right. Right. And and that's something that we, we all express differently. This this is another situation where, where I'm much more mm-hmm. feminine in the way mm-hmm. that I express love. Is is my primary love language is physical touch. Okay, um, yeah. and, and you 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 can attest to this. If I see you, I'm yes. going to hug you. Yeah. Um, but but there's times even with uh, my brother-in-laws, um, you know, as I've got three of them, where at different points where if I'm uh, spending time with them and it's time mm-hmm. to go and I'm overwhelmed with love for them, when I give them a hug, I'll give them a kiss on the cheek too. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it's my kind of way of doing it. And, and it's different. And, yeah. and one of the most meaningful moments um, with my brother-in-law, Pedro, who's married to my baby sisters, Liz um, – was I, I was in a very dark place, 2019. Very mm. dark place. Won't get into all the details, but but to be perfectly honest, I was suicidal. Um, there was a oh, lot of wow. things that contributed to that. Yeah. And, and and things got really bad on a weekend. I took a Monday off um, and, and got out of my house, drove around because I couldn't be just in the house. Mm-hmm. And I went to my folks' house, and, and my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, uh, my sister and brother-in-law were living there. And as soon as I walked in the door, they could tell. I, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't hiding anything. Mm-hmm. I was a mess. Um, mm-hmm. and, and my daughter was there, and so, so my brother-in-law stayed with her, and, and my sister took me down into the basement. But before I departed from my brother-in-law and went with my sister, he gave me a hug. Mm-hmm. And, and I, could, I, I knew he was crying. He was trying to keep it in for my daughter. But mm-hmm. he kissed me on the cheek. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and in that moment, you know... Um, 
in in what a lot of really macho circles is you know right, yeah uh, that's queer man yeah and, and I, yeah. I don't mean to be offensive um but it, it was a beautiful moment of love where where mm-hmm. where and mm-hmm. some of that was me setting an example which which comes from intentionality the first time right, i did it yeah. was with him and i was very intentional about it of setting the expectation for my family and setting the expectation for, you know, my son was important time, my future son, future mm-hmm. nephews that I have, that there mm-hmm. is a level to that. Yeah. But, but if that's how you express love, then living in that level of masculinity, femininity, whatever you want to yeah. call it, right. expressing that in a healthy right. God given way on the other side, you know, is you, you've got men that that's not how they express love. Right. They, they right. do it through they, their work is their labor of love. Yeah. You know, the yeah. reason they get up at four thirty in the morning and work a job that they hate mm-hmm. for thirty years, like like a lot of our forefathers mm-hmm. here did, mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. was very noble, is is an act of love. Right. So everything right. we do has to yeah. come from the love of Christ. And that's that's where we can really define ourselves mm-hmm. as men is mm-hmm. am I living in the love of God? And yeah. is everything that I'm doing, because men, we have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Eric, a lot mm-hmm. of that comes very naturally to women, less naturally to men. Um, in everything that we do that we're very intentional, is it from the place of the love of Christ? And if that's yeah. the case, however, the manifestation in how God created us that our masculine right. comes out, that's what God intended you to be as a man. But, right. it, but it, it, it always comes back to, am I living in the love of Christ? And am I expressing that mm-hmm. in, in everything I do, think, and say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that, again, this is what unites uh, men and women in our purpose in God mm-hmm. is this love, right? Our love for God and our love for people. This is what we are designed to do. And so then that just gets expressed in all in these different ways, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But I think, you know, for when it comes to distinctly masculine way of approaching that is that that drive and that purpose and that struggle needs to be pointed at love. Yep. Like how yep. how am I, you know, like like I mentioned before, you know, the, the question should always be how am I loving and how can I love yep. my wife, mm-hmm. my kids, my coworkers, yeah. my, you know, and that that should be the end that we work toward. Uh, and new life discipleship for for us the way that we have it broken down is that there are there are four things that God gives to us that are meant to be pointed out toward others. Mm. So one of the four purposes of uh, one of the four things that God gives us is uh, mission driven. He gives us the mission of of participating in the new creation, of participating in what Christ has started, and that is that is love, right? That is, that is this love for God and this love for our neighbor. So everything that we do needs to be pointed toward participating in the new creation ourselves currently. Um, and then also inviting others and bringing others into that new creation. And, and we do that through, through our love for one another, through our service to one another. So I totally agree. Like, like that is the foundational thing, um, that we do as Christians is love. Yep, yep, and and the way the way my dad puts that um, so incredibly well is is as men, what's our mission, and who are our mates? Mm-hmm. You know, not not in the sense of sexual partners or anything like that, but 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 who are our brothers that we're in it with? And and we need yeah. both. And and if we're lacking a mission, 
then then we're going to struggle or run from struggle that doesn't have purpose. And if we don't have our mates to go through it with us, uh, we're we're going to fall down. And, and at some point, no matter who we are, we're not going to get up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. So I, I, I think that that's right on. That's kind of the yeah. central thing that we need to do. And for men, all of our all of our drive and struggle and, and work needs to be pointed toward toward that end. I totally agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Is there anything else that that you're you that you want to point out at this point? I think that we've covered. I mean, we've covered well above and beyond (laughs) the notes. The notes that we had. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, Is there anything else that you wanted to wanted to bring into this conversation? Just, just if there's one thing that I would say, say, fellas, if you're listening to this right now and you're struggling, you know what, whatever that is, no, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, and and. Know that God has a great plan for your life, whether you feel that you fit in with um, whatever your expectation of masculinity and manhood is. God created you uniquely you. He -hmm. created you for a great purpose that he wants to see you fulfill for his glory. And so so if any of this has discouraged you in some way, I I pray that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Know that that God is not done with you. If you're in a bad spot, just just keep going. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Is is bathe yourself in the blood of Christ. You know, immerse yourself in his word. Let his love fall upon you. And and and, and find brothers that mm-hmm. that'll walk with you through the hard mm-hmm. times. You know, and celebrate with you in the good times, but don't give up. Yeah. Don't because that's 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 the least manly thing you can do. Yeah. Is just give up. Don't yeah. do it. Christ, you know, it, it tells us that Christ wept, mm-hmm. you know, when Lazarus passed. But it also tells us that as he head to Jerusalem, he set his face like flint. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. you need to weep, and sometimes you need to set your face like flint, focused on Jesus. Yeah. And you got to get through it, and you will, brother. You mm-hmm. will. Is God mm-hmm. loves you, Eric loves you, I love you. We, yeah. I, I don't even, yeah. but, but love you and keep going, brother. You can yeah. do it. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that encouragement, Dan. Yeah, uh, there, there's hope. There's yeah. hope in Christ, and yeah. it's never, it's never too late. Um, it's never too late to, uh, to, to turn your sights to Him. It's never too late to receive His grace. Uh, it's never too late to begin to be developed as a man. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah so if, if you're not there, um, you can get there. And yep. so find, find some brothers and, uh, and get to work. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Awesome. No doubt. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Dan, for joining us today. Appreciate it. Hey, hey, thank you, Eric. I love you, brother. Appreciate yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. I love you too, man. Yeah. Uh, and thank you guys for listening in this week. Appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. We're going to be talking about becoming a man, growing up into manhood. So I hope that you join us then until then have a great week and we'll see you later.